welcome back. Episode 12. We have Cal with us today, and Raleigh has bailed on us to go get married. What so Ben's sitting in for Raleigh. Yeah. So welcome, Ben. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And welcome, Cal. Great to be here. Oh, so good to have you. I'm I'm excited to have you here. We, uh, as I tell most of the people that come on the podcast, it's like I had... Before we started, I made a list of all the people that I want on, and you're on that list. That and is here an you are. What an honor and yeah. a privilege. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's let's get into it, and let's talk about Cal, because that won't be awkward for you at all. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I got a lot to say. Oh, awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, we've, we've got lots of time, so. Yeah. Where should we start? Where should we start? Let's start with where we always start early days of skateboarding what did that look like for you oh the early days oh man they look like wooden ramps if not steel ramps Mm -hmm. and um when i first got a skateboard growing up in winkler manitoba shout out to winkler manitoba i got my first board and all we had was a quarter pipe and a launch ramp but it seemed like there was a scene in in Winkler in those days, like I know a lot of guys that have come out of Winkler skate and there wasn't that much there, right? No, we, had, well, there, there wasn't that much there, but there was a lot of support. So there's a few older guys, like, um, there's these two, two twin dudes, Darnell and, uh, his brother Dave. And those guys just love skateboarding and they, <laughs> they helped us like get boards. And then there's the bunker drop in center. You probably know Gord Penner. Yeah, he he brought in boards, and he actually ended up making a skate park for us. Mm. So an indoor that we could skate in the winter. So that was pretty hype. So we had it was a super low ceiling, like a nine foot ceiling. So every every ramp was less than two feet high, or right. three feet high. Yeah, but it was sweet. Yeah, well, hey, um, like our indoor spot here is really tiny, but I mean, most of us are just happy to have a place to go in the winter, right? Yeah, yeah, it just felt better than skating in my garage. Right. Were you around at all for like the Christmas park days? Oh, I the the bunker was probably ten years before Christmas park, but okay. a lot of the ramps that ended up in Christmas park, um, they came from the early days of like us running this summer uh, skate park. Okay. Called like the from the Burt Teller Church in Winkler. Right. So I helped run that for like five or six summers, and I think like guys like Eric and Phil Tripp, um, mm-hmm. those guys. They built a lot of those ramps, but they also ended up with them and kind of used it for Christmas yeah. Park. That was a sweet place. Yeah, epic place. I uh, I didn't ever go. <laughs> I didn't either. Never yeah. once? Nope. Wow. Nope, me neither. <laughs> I always meant to. Yeah. Didn't happen. I was there like every weekend in the winter. <laughs> I mean, I know the community was super great. So you must know Brad pretty well, who works at the Edge, or not. Maybe no. No. I just kind of knew, like, my little group of guys that was there, and Eric. That's cool. Yeah, Eric's awesome. Yeah, he's Kind of a legend of Winkler. Yeah. Well, he had a big part of our scene here in Portage for a while, too, because he he was working at Circle Square Ranch, uh, which is nearby here. And so he started volunteering at our indoor park when we were in the old Campbell Soup. He was our builder. Like, he, he came in, like, he... He's like, I want to volunteer. I just want to build ramps. And the good thing was we had a pile of uh, lumber that was donated to us. So we had, we had like lifts of lumber just waiting for somebody to build something with. That's great. And so he would come once a week and build stuff. Probably all really big. Uh, <laughs> well, we had to rein them in a bit. But. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those guys are so great. Yeah. And they're bikers, right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, interesting connection. But you would have been, like, when you were young skating there, that was before Eric's time, I assume? Yeah, Eric's probably a few years younger than me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, he, those those biker guys, uh, that crew was pretty cool. And, and Winkler was a sweet crew because we had a couple guys who rollerbladed, like Mike Duick, and most of the skateboarders, scootering wasn't around yet. Yeah. Um, as like a as an option. So then, yeah, we just like, yeah, we just had a pretty sweet crew, and that like quarter pipe and kicker turned into like fun box, and it just grind boxes and rails, and it just grew mm-hmm. from there, and it became like, kind of became this the like center location. People just hung out there in Winkler. Yeah. 
it was, those are great memories for me. That's awesome. And so what would the scene look like then? Like, was it like a ton of guys or was it pretty tight little group or? Yeah, it was tight. Like if someone rolled in and we didn't know them, we were like, whoa, I remember this guy Colin rolled up and he could like, I remember he did this front shove 50, 50 and we're all like, (laughs) and we we didn't know him. And he he was from Morden and we were like, what? There's like a real skate crew in Morden. Like we were just blown away that we didn't know someone that could actually skate just like shocked us. So yeah. it was that. So it was pretty tight. There was probably twenty of us skating and a few bunch of guys getting into it. And yeah, we were all best friends. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Were those ramps just like outside your guys' house? Or no, they moved around. Like it used to be outside the Bertella Church in Winkler, and then it moved to like the kind of rec center area in okay. Winkler, nice. uh, outside the curling club and the swimming pool. And then it ended up at some other church for a couple of years. But then they built a new uh, outdoor park, and Eric yeah. was a huge part yeah. of that. He like oh, mostly yeah. did all the fundraising. Yeah, he raised most of the money for that park. Yeah, I sat. I got on the board at the end to do a little design, mm-hmm. um, but it was kind of just a minor role. Certainly nothing like what Eric did. So yeah, it's a cool park. Just tried to bring all the obstacles down a bit. Did you or what? <laughs> I actually got called in to make it more skateboarding friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of bike influence on uh, on the fundraising and, and design part of it. So And the and at that point, like the skate scene in Winkler was very small. Like uh, I think there might be a resurgence resurgence, but I don't really know. Like I think you would know better, like what the scene's like there now there's, at that time. There's a good amount of skaters, but like yeah. for a while there was so many scooter riders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was like there's quite a there's a pretty good BMX scene, I think, too. Because it's pretty flowy. Mm-hmm. No. And, and the scenes changed like it's pretty cool how like like you'll just i like the t- couple times i've gone to that winkler outdoor park you'll just see a whole bunch of scooters and then they'll just hop on or scooter riders maybe they like to be called but then they just hop on a skateboard they can do both like yeah. it's just different yeah. like yeah back in the day it was like you either inline or you bike or you skate take right. your pick and now it's just like well i'll do it i'll do it all which mm. is kind of cool your base out of Winkler, were you connecting with the Winnipeg scene at all once you were kind of growing up, or what, what happened from there? Uh, my connection to the Winnipeg skate scene is a little bit through that skate park made um, by Gord, by the dro- like bunker drop-in. He would mm. drive me to the edge. Oh, okay. When I was like 16, so that was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty early days of the edge at 125 Pacific, but yeah. my... But then even like the old, the previous edge director, Cliff Hyde, he would drive me out. He was like going to school at Prov and he would just drive me and my buddies, my Winkler buddies, like John Plett, Mike Elias. Um, we would just get, and we'd get the whole park to ourselves for like an evening. Right. That was so hype. It's yeah, like a 16 yeah. year old kid. And then we just get the whole park to ourselves. We were just so stoked. And we we're just stoked to be hanging out with a rad dude, Cliff. Yeah. And like drive to the city, and obviously you go to Seven Eleven, you go to some fast food place that yeah. you don't get in Winkler. And you're just like everything was just so awesome. We're like, yeah, the rules. We're just having the best time of our life. So that was my earliest connection to the edge, and yeah, I'm still there now. Yeah. So did you start then with volunteering, or or how did you get more connected to it? You know, in a, after a couple of years of just going there, I think I must have been 18 or 19, where a few of us. Guys would just drive in. I think we would drive in on a Monday night from Winkler. The drive's like an hour and a half. And we would we would like be late for the session. Like you're supposed to get there earlier for prayer, for team time, right? Mm. And so we would always be late. But we would just roll in at like quarter after seven. But they knew because we were driving up from Winkler, they were just super hyped to have us there. Oh, okay. And, and so we would kind of volunteer, but we'd really didn't do anything in terms of support. <laughs> like we were just stoked to be there and they were stoked yeah. to have us that crew. So yeah. we just felt like part of the family. Yeah. It was just family awesome. vibes. Yeah. And so I kind of volunteered. And then after that, I think I went off to Bible college out in BC. So mm-hmm. I was gone for a few years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I've always felt the same, like even though we're kind of uh, a little ways away from, from the edge here and we don't always, uh, we don't get in a lot. Like I didn't bring in dudes from Portage tons, but, uh, but always felt like, uh, and to this day still like, just feel like we're part of this, you know, we're part of it. We're not, 
you know, that's great. We're always welcome. We're always, that's what Raleigh was saying too. He said he'd just been there a few times and he felt really, really welcome there. Yeah. And like that goes all the way back to 125 Pacific with, uh, with Mark Coop and then Cliff. And now you guys, yeah, we've always, we've always been, our guys always had good experiences coming out. So that's cool. Yeah. I mean, the edge has such a, such a long history, Mm -hmm. like it just spans, spans kind of quite a ways back where even the other day I was skating with some dude and he was like telling me about how much he loved the edge because of Mark Coop. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then Mark Coop texted me at the same time. And then I'm like, dude, I'm just skating with this dude right now. Who's like telling me cool things about you. And it was kind of a cool connection. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The edges got a wide net. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. On like any given night, how many guys do you guys usually have there? If you can be open Mm. without COVID stuff. Uh, like, I think it can be up to like, uh, like if we're if things are just happening middle of winter, like thirty people come for sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, and that's pretty good because after like that's kind of the the magic numbers around twenty. After you hit like between twenty and thirty is pretty fun, and, and if it gets to not enough people, then the net session's kind of slow. Yeah, yeah. And if it gets over thirty, it gets a bit, like, yeah, a bit crowded. Nobody's doing lines or. Anything. Yeah, people are just getting annoyed with each other. Yeah. Mm. I think I remember like at 125 Pacific that you guys would uh, like have a cutoff at 50. Yeah. That was, I think, before <laughs> my lots. time. People always talk about that. Like when we talk about you got to wait in line or you got to take your turn, all anyone like in their 30s is like, oh, it's like the old days yeah. when like <laughs> if you didn't get to the session 30 minutes before and wait in line at minus right. 30, you weren't getting in. <laughs> like, what? You got turned away. He's like, I've heard stories of guys was like, I remember I was the 51st person there <laughs> once and I waited and then like they slammed the door and he said, sorry, full. <laughs> Minus 30. That would be horrible. Bummer. Yeah. Just getting, just like dreaming of tricks when you're in the line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, the old edge. Yeah. 125 Pacific was, there's some good memories there too. And there's a yep. pretty sweet Instagram right now that I, I'm not exactly sure who's running it, but yeah. one, it's called 125 Pacific. Steve was telling me about that. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've yeah. been following it. It's, uh, yeah, it's been fun to watch the, uh, some of the old guys and, uh, and just see the old park for sure. Yeah. That's fun. I haven't yeah. even seen the new park. I, I've, I haven't been to, I, I haven't even like walked in there and looked at it. I've just well, seen now that Insta. you're, now that you're on a skateboard now, you're, yeah. you'd be welcome. I, I want to film stuff in there. Yeah, come sick. on down. Yeah, love to have you now. And with new restrictions, COVID restrictions, we're allowed to have twenty five percent capacity, which That's is sick. better than what it was, which was one on one. Yes, almost yeah. impossible to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We had the same issue here. It's 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 been a bit of a chore to yeah. make sure everyone gets a chance to skate. A lot of broken hearts. A lot of broken hearts. Yeah. People just want to skate. It's a yeah and hard to figure it all out but happy to put in the effort yeah for sure talk some more about 125 pacific yeah like you must have some memories from there that are crazy or something oh man so many good memories because i started there on just like a government grant uh just like summer green team grant and me and my this really rad dude named james friesen uh, we did this summer together and Cliff hired us and we were just hanging out with kids and we ended up doing this road trip, which called, which we've, I've s- since done like 15 of called road rage, which mm-hmm. you've been on Steve. Yeah. You should come on one. It, like, it's just been, um, and, and that summer just like got me so fired up on just that there is this work I can do for this nonprofit Christian organization mm-hmm. just to care for kids within skateboarding. It's yeah. kind of ended up feeling like I've landed my dream job. And at the time yeah. I was like, you know, living off ramen noodles and, <laughs> you know, yeah. eat, eat peanut butter sandwiches for like two meals a day. So, yeah. but it didn't matter. I was just so happy um, mm-hmm. living my life um, kind of in a, in the skate world and just met some, some at the time, kids that I still am really well connected to. Like, I remember, like, really early, um, like, really early on, like, hanging out with guys like Austin Thomas, who's mm-hmm. on the skate team, who I just delivered a package to for his new baby. And it's like, yeah. it's like, yeah, seeing these, hanging out with them as, like, 13-year-olds and now, like, saying congratulations to them as being new dads is pretty yeah. cool. That Super is cool, cool. yeah. And that's, 
Yeah, that's the that's the fun of the job, and that's the fun sure. of staying in a job like that long term. Yeah, yeah, definitely. One twenty five Pacific was just so like off the grid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the place, like when people talk about it, they're just like that place was so gnarly. Like it was <laughs> yeah. dirty. It was like gross. It was. It had like so much street cred. Like yeah, and it had like so much history. And and then when, and then so actually when I moved to Toronto for a few years is when that place got shut down and then we moved to 333 King. Right. And so was it like in like a, a warehouse or what was it? Yeah, it was an old like it was an old warehouse. That's sick. It was a huge gift cuz there was um Cliff would know some some dude who just let us use the space. Yeah. Mm. He just hooked it up. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, in the end it was getting pretty rough like where I remember going in and like if it was raining or spring when it's melting, it'd be like water everywhere. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a, there was. I remember taping up cardboard around the electrical panel because water would run down the run along the electrical panel wall. Like, well, let's try to let the water run around. Yeah, <laughs> and cardboard was the answer. It was a short term answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it stayed like that way for like a like a little while, like a little too long. Yeah. Yeah, there'd be, like, parents that would come in and be like, I'm not going to walk in any further because <laughs> I work for the city and I don't want to know what's going on inside <laughs> yeah. there. Like, That's awesome. Because if I see things, I have to say things, and so I'm just going to drop my kid off and leave. Yeah, they just saw the yeah. start of the cardboard leading in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a dad who was just like, I am not walking in that park. Because they're like, no, no, come here. And his kid was like, hey, I want to show you a trick. And he was like, you know what? I want you to be able to skate here. I'm not going in there. <laughs> it's just too off, too like off brand, like not yeah. cool, you know, for the city. But people, lo- skaters loved it. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. And uh, the way you did things changed a lot over the years there, right? Totally. Yeah. Like there was a, I learned a lot uh, with what we were doing here in Portage from, from hanging out with, uh, like Mark and uh, and Cliff over the years, just uh, I guess just evolving what skate ministry looks like, yeah. and uh, that I, that's I think the big memories for me of uh, one twenty five Pacific is just like just the evolution of the way we did things was was pretty awesome. Yeah, I like uh, yeah that yeah that that's great because there's so many. You know, there's so many, anytime you start something new is there's a learning curve, right? Yeah, and so exactly. when the edge started up, there's, it started by these dudes with big hearts of like, we got to care for skateboarders and the best way to do it is, you know, this way. And mm-hmm. it's like, and so they're like kind of preaching it guys, Yeah, but they didn't realize it, but they're actually like pushing people away from yeah. good news of Jesus. And, and then, um, you know, they kind of learned from that. And mm-hmm. I had a really cool conversation with, um, Tyler Gertz from the friend section mm-hmm. just a couple of days ago. And he was saying like, he was saying like, you know what I like about the edge is that you don't, faith doesn't get pushed on you here. Mm-hmm. Like not that, not that you guys are like, you guys just care for people. And, and I don't know. I just really appreciated that, that a guy like Tyler who um, is like core skateboarder, yeah, you know, just can like feel safe at the edge and doesn't have to feel like, Oh, what, yeah. you know, what, what's going to happen if I go to that place? And, yeah, as a team at the edge, with um, we've been talking a lot about how do we make sure people know that they can come to this place and just be with themselves. Yeah, and they're not going to get you know, you know, you know, trapped in a corner. and yeah. someone's going to try to yeah explain something to them that they don't want to hear. Or yeah, something. yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's been pretty cool to um, serve skateboarders and just. With just the, you know, with just loving them, just mm-hmm. caring for them. And part of that is just by having a skateboard park and taking care of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You mentioned the um, road rage. You must have some pretty cool stories from some of the your 15 trips that you've taken. Wait, actually, before you do that, what is road rage? I've I heard of it. I don't know what it is. Yeah, great question. There's been a few renditions of road rage, but... Essentially, it's a skate trip um, with teenagers, and um, 
somewhat mature adults. <laughs> <laughs> and because uh, there, there's, there's these different skate clubs across Canada. And so most of them started off by being in Western Canada, where we where like we would just take kids to you know the Okanagan Valley in BC and just mm-hmm. skate with these other clubs from Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, Medicine Hat. And then we would kind of have like a competition slash skate camp. So it's always in summer, okay. always like the hottest weekend of summer. And yeah. And Steve's been a bu- on a bunch. And yeah, and so there's a few few years where what we did was is we um like just made a it was like a mini film fest. Every team had to make like Oh, that's so sick. Make a skate video. That was pretty yeah. fun. That's and other cool. other years it was like, you know, collecting points, like whoever can do the most tricks and weird stuff wins. Yeah. And almost so, like King of the Road. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so we did a bunch of stuff like that. So like um when you ask me about crazy stories, like I just think about the different, uh, you know, kind like the, the, yeah, at the time kids that I took on those mm-hmm. trips that are now like young men, like I mentioned Austin, you know, guys like, you know, Kieran Zimmerman or, mm-hmm. you know, um, Kyle Nickashay, like those guys that we just got to like spend tons of time with because you're stuck in a van yeah. with each other. And when you're stuck in a van with someone for 10 days, you're bound to say something you didn't mean or because you get tired <laughs> right. and you get cranky. And yeah. And you, so you just, so you just build these great relationships because you really get to know each other. And yeah. yeah, I, I just, I just loved those. I was always super exhausted afterwards, but I loved those trips because you just really get to know one another. And I always found that those trips would set the course of the whole next year. Like those are the yeah. kids I end up hanging out with. Yeah. And like, and when those kids have a problem, they know that they can have a few adults in their life that they trust and they can go and talk to. So, yeah. but those trips are crazy. We would always like go out skating in the middle of the night and we're talking to security guards and bumping into like, just anytime you're hanging out in the middle of the night in some town in BC, it's just going to be <laughs> mem- memorable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so fun. It was like, they were week long trips you said? Yeah. Like, you know, nine, 10 days. Oh really? Yeah. That's sick. Sleeping in, uh, on the grass in a soccer field or, at the Walmart parking lot or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're just finding crazy places to sleep, and I mean, yeah, it was pretty fun. There was one. There was one year where we slept in. Uh, we slept in the skate park, and so the kids just did not sleep all week. Like we just <laughs> crashed in this skate park, I think in Kenora or Kelowna, and um, yeah, the kids just we had to like by the second or third day we we're like guys, you have to go to sleep by. 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> were there lights yeah. or were they just going? Yeah, there was lights, but there was also quiet spots. So people could sleep if they wanted to, but most like guys just skated. And then they just, it was too hot in the afternoon. So they slept in the shade in the afternoon. And then yeah, that reminds me of when we used to do a trip out of here uh, where we do like Edmonton, Calgary and back. And uh, that was when the Millennium Park was just built nice. and the place was packed all the time. And so I had this great idea that to give our guys the space at that park, we would go at like two in the morning. (laughs) Yeah. And so we would like whatever we'd skate during the day and then uh, like try and have like some downtime, which guys that age, that's impossible. (laughs) And then like two in the morning, we would like drive over to the skate park and then we'd skate all night or hit street or whatever. And street would be sick during the at at night yeah except that there is a lot of stuff going on at night that you shouldn't have young guys out on (laughs) the street (laughs) sometimes be just like man if their parents knew what they were doing right now (laughs) we'd be in so much trouble yeah i'm I'm being cautious about sharing any stories about (laughs) a parent listens to this yeah no we take great care of the kids but we certainly it's like a skate camp like no other yeah like you are you're hanging out with kids late into the evening at like random spots and you're just going to meet oddballs and it's going to be you know and there's always injuries and we're like like Mm. there's one dude dylan pocket we we just get to some skate park in Alberta we've been driving 12 hours straight and he's like I'm gonna back three this you know big four and <laughs> broke his leg and stayed on the trip for nine days that's like, brutal. Wah, wah. yeah <laughs> which is what happened to me the one year when I went as um support crew yeah and I remember it, this the second day is when I took out my ACL oh. <laughs> bummer yeah so I hobbled around for the rest of the week <laughs> <laughs> you can man the tripod angle hey <laughs> yeah. that's right 
put me in front of the barbecue. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much. I I like made all the meals and oh. stuff like that because that's about all I could do. That's brutal. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's. I agree with you. Like the idea of taking guys in a van and like spending a a week or whatever with them, it just builds something that you can't have otherwise, right? Yeah, it's uh, re- friendships are formed and. I still have guys that I connect with now that I've, you know, they were part of our trips way back, you know, 15 years ago or whatever. Oh, that's so good, Steve. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, you just, you just make memories. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like there's no other way to do that. Right. Like it's just like condensed relationship building and it's so fun. Like, yeah, I, uh, I'm looking forward to the pandemic being over. Cause there's some kids at the edge now just like dreaming of doing a road rage. Cause they've just yeah. heard the stories from their friends about how epic it is. And it's like, Oh yeah. man, like it's just been a few kids, like almost for two or three years now where, cause there was a year or two where we just did it in Winnipeg or we, and mm-hmm. the kids are just like, Oh, I just so badly want to do it, do an edge trip or do a road, take, yeah. do a trip uh, out to BC. So I've driven mm-hmm. dudes from Winnipeg to Montreal and that takes like three full days of driving. Yeah and driving but like we would stop in chicago and like have a great time there's an amazing park there called grant park and then mm-hmm. there's like we, oh i've we, seen clips from that's so nice it's amazing and then like when we were there there's like a whole bunch of pros there because there was a contest that weekend and mm. these dudes are just ripping like manny santiago's there heel flip crooked grinding the biggest rail and all the dudes <laughs> are like whoa there he is <laughs> so fun and then so but like oh we gotta go and then we go to toronto and then there's like um you know bobby de kaiser skating at mm. Dunbat Skate Park downtown, and they're like, whoa, there's Bobby DeKaiser, <laughs> like, Winnipeg. And, I mean, Manitoba just doesn't really have that same kind of level of right. of pro status that's, like, makes you a little bit starry-eyed because those guys are phenomenal skateboarders. Yeah. So, yeah, that that was fun. And then we go to get, get to Montreal, and it's just, like, for, like, I love taking guys that have never left the province. Yes. Like, there's a whole bunch of dudes that haven't even left Winnipeg. Like, I rem- yeah. remember we took some guys to... Niagara Falls and and we like like I remember this one guy being like whoa like my grandma will never believe this she has never left like Manitoba before <laughs> That's like, I can't wait to tell her yeah. like those those That's are awesome. almost more fun than the skate stuff like yeah just like taking kids to see the mountains for the first time it's all part of it right yeah yeah never gonna exactly. forget that hey so good speaking of going east um the the year that I took out my ACL was when I went east. Oh, yeah. And Jeff uh, Reimer had the Winnipeg crew. Yeah. And I remember, the thing I remember about those guys was, they. I mean, it had been like, whatever, nine days of skating or whatever, all these like dudes in the van and it's getting pretty rank in that van <laughs> and then their air conditioning died. No. <laughs> I remember Jeff oh. talking about like picking up the air fresheners and like putting them around <laughs> your head so that they're right under your nose because it was so bad that's in the brutal. van. <laughs> oh, and there's always dudes who want to sleep in the van. That's just deadly. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let them do it. <laughs> and like the stink is really bad, but what happens is you just end up keeping the windows open the whole, the whole drive on the highway and right. it just ends up destroying your ears. Yeah. Just that yeah. Do, 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 just yeah. on your ears the whole time. It's <laughs> yeah. like, Oh my God goodness yeah exactly it's a horrible sound yeah. it's nice to get home yeah after those trips yeah for sure oh man yeah that actually happened to jeff's van this last the last time we went out to bc and did a skate camp with skate life like a road rage their van their ac died that trip too <laughs> <laughs> so the moral of the story is don't ride with jeff yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to get the ac to work but I don't know. It's just, you're just doing so much. It's hard to figure out. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Those are good trips. There's always something crazy that happens. Yeah. Me and Cliff would always say, like, about those trips, like, as soon as you think you've seen it all on Road Rage, something else will happen that'll just blow your mind. Right. (laughs) Did you guys film a lot, or was it more just, like, going to parks and stuff? No, we did a lot of filming. Like, a few of the times, um, yeah, like, we would often, a few times we just made a, your street edit which was pretty hard work because yep. you got to end up at a park to warm up because you're not sleeping great mm. and like so you got to be feeling good and then you got to you find spots in cities you've never been or 
So you got to try to connect with the local or get on some app that's going to send you to the right spot. Yeah. And then you got to be feeling it. And so, but I mean, it's, it's so fun. Like it's a, it's the joy of street skating where you get, you're actually like you, if you make a trick, like that's, there's so much that goes into it. Like the spot <laughs> is sketchy. You got to find the spot and then you got to somehow feel it. And, and yeah, that was always really fun to do a street edit, but yeah. other years we would just, a few other years we just did park and street and it's a little easier but mm-hmm. sure, yeah. less rewarding but a little easier for sure yeah yeah for guys like you that have invested it, the time and and uh, planning to make that happen there's a lot of happy skaters over the years for that for sure yeah and there's like there's a lot of other leaders besides me that have done it but yeah. i'm happy to have been one of those guys for sure very re- rewarding for sure love doing it yeah. So if we were going back to the story and we were and we were kind of at one twenty five Pacific and then you guys moved to uh three 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 King. Yeah. Um so what talk about that transition. What is that what what was that like for you guys to switch from that dingy old place to this brand new building and new park and I mean there were parts of that that I actually missed out on and, and my my wife was studying uh do, getting a degree in toronto at the time like the there was a, there was almost a full year where the edge was shut down where the new one was being built but we had to give up that old space and so that first year when i was gone um is when that they kind of had that blank year but i was okay. obviously still checking in all the time mm-hmm. I, was, like, I visited home a few times and it was it was kind of heartbreaking like i remember just seeing on facebook like the old edge sign coming off the mm. outside of the building and, and like i was like no yeah it's just like yeah. pretty emotional and bummed like having gone there as like a 15 16 year old and then worked there for like five years in my 20s and then like not being able to be there like there is this really wicked party they were able to have um or like kind of a uh you know a last a last hurrah mm-hmm. and it's all in that that there's a few of the photos from the 125 pacific book that matt Drudgery made yeah he's got a cool publishing company called at bay or, or Bay Press and and um, and so, but like I remember seeing all these photos of that event, and that <laughs> hangout that I missed out on, and like guys from like previous generations that used to skate there, like, and I felt so bummed to like mm. miss it because I felt because yeah. I felt like I was missing a family reunion or something, right? So yeah, I was gone, and the transition, I think, what like it was a hard year. It's kind of like this year actually in terms of like nowhere to skate mm-hmm. or less places to skate, and so people just or skaters had to wait for, um, like, I think there was, like, maybe a four or five months where we were just doing nothing mm. skate-wise. And and then when it opened up, I, it was just pretty epic. So And, and I visited back in summer, and there was a, just, tra- I think the transition went pretty smoothly, like, because, I mean, skaters just connect with skaters. So yeah. it was, the scene was, we were, there, this, there was still the same staff, like, you know, uh, Cliff was there, I mean, Jeff was there. Um, Andrew was still working there at the time. Mm. Hodge. Um, so I think that that's where, like, that's what the edge has always been. Like, yeah, yeah, it was a different space, but supposedly the edge was in a different space before 125. It was, yeah. yeah. I, I actually uh, had opportunity. That was back in my biking days. Uh, I rode the the location prior to 125 Pacific, actually. Very cool. What was yeah. that like? Uh, it was pretty small, and it ha- but a big part of it back then had a big half pipe, which took up a big chunk of it, cool. which was uh, interesting. Yeah, was it lots of bikers or is it more skaters at that point? Um, I don't remember. Yeah, that goes back quite a ways. I was pretty young. I'm I'm like I'm pretty sure that 125 was originally built mostly by bikers. Like it was quite a bike like. Used to be biking and skateboarding. Yes, and and then there was an insurance whole. There was a whole falling out with insurance. There was like another year where the edge was just closed. You're right. Okay. And I wasn't around. Like I was living in BC at that time, and like that's when we that when the fallout with insurance is when we lost our our indoor park at Campbell Soup. Here. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so like they weren't allowed to do anything, mm-hmm. and that was kind of another really down year, but then the way that they could start back up again is if they agreed to not have bikers. Yeah. And that, whatever, however those decisions, you know, however that insurance company 
their reasoning. I have no idea. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't either, but I do remember that there was actually a pretty good bike scene that came out of there and like a number of guys that went on to be pro BMX hmm. guys hmm. came out of the edge hmm. at that Super time. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. So you had that, uh, time period where you were in Toronto. Yeah. And so obviously you connected with the scene in Toronto. Want to talk about that? For sure. And I was working for skate life and that's where I did a whole bunch of more of those road rage camps. Cause skate life actually does heads up the road rage mm-hmm. skate camps. So, um, yeah, getting in the scene of Toronto was really interesting. Like, like I was kind of saying earlier, it's it was I was a little more star studded. Like I remember going to like some, um, I think it was called the Bait Shop Toronto in, shop in Toronto, and they had this really cool ramp, and they did screen printing, and it was like really cool scene there. They just sold their own boards, and it all had like fish hooks. Everything was just fish hooks. Mm. Like it was called the Bait Shop. It was oh really yeah, cool. <laughs> and, uh, um. But I went to this like evening party and there's just all these reps there. It was just a whole bunch of dudes who mm. were like business. And I was like, Winnipeg does not have a skate right. business scene like this. <laughs> right. And like, and I was there with um, this really rad person named Cindy Milky. And she was like head of marketing for West 49. Mm. And she's this phenomenal person who was like really helping out skate life and helping me out, helping me get connected. She connected me to Laura Bronson. Okay. Who's been doing yep. skate stuff. Um for years so that's oh, my yeah. man laura um she, she's she does the keep it real stuff which is really rad and and i yeah and i, and I there was like there's just so many little things going on in toronto that it was at first quite overwhelming mm. and then i'm trying to bring this like skateboard ministry into this i was living downtown toronto going to like going to you know these skate spots that are like pretty core like mm-hmm. If you did not skate and you rolled up there, you got vibed out fast. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I better skate my best here. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> but it was pretty cool. Like I felt like I actually made some phenomenal friends. There was already some dudes already involved in skate life, um, like the Water Maniacs. If you know those guys, Joel and mm, Joel, mm-hmm. Joel um, and Jordan Smales had already been doing some stuff. So there's a bunch of guys that were already quite involved and. Um, yeah, those guys became my best friends out there. Like, awesome. And I still talk with them today. Jordan called me today. We chatted. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, uh, those guys did great stuff, like making mm-hmm. skate clubs and we did skate camps in the summer. And, and so I don't know how well I connected with like the core scene of Toronto because it was like pretty, it was pretty, uh, um, I don't know what the, like, it was pretty core. Like it was mm-hmm. hard to almost break in, but I was pretty keen just to like, Start a skate club and care for youth, and right. we did get a skate club going, and it ran for quite a few years, even after I left. So nice. Yeah, it felt pretty cool to have some sort of way that I could care for that scene while I was yeah, there, for sure. And beyond, so that transition to Toronto is a bit weird, I guess, because of the just not knowing. And then was it like how did it feel to come back after uh, you were done in Toronto? It was interesting, like. I got back and my friend Andrew was kind of finishing up his time at the edge, which was, which was, you know, bittersweet. I was happy for him because he was moving on to some really cool stuff, but like, uh, I loved working with him, but Mm -hmm. luckily Jeff was still there. Cliff was still there. And, um, and yeah, it was in that way, it felt natural. Like I still knew a bunch of the kids. I still knew Mm -hmm. like Winnipeg felt like home. Like I always, I always knew I was coming back to Winnipeg. So yeah, it, I think for most intense and I, and I came back every summer and, and because like Jeff was taking guys out to, um, road rage out East every year, like, um, uh, we would, I would like, I knew those guys, like yeah. guys mm-hmm. like Brayden Slezak or Kieran Zimmerman. I don't know how helpful it is to say names, but mm. it's fun to have, it's fun to have, like, have had those guys coming around cause then you get to see them yeah. even in a different yeah. context. And now then, then when I, then when I got back to Winnipeg, it was like, oh, that was so cool. We just saw you like last yeah. summer. And mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah. I f- didn't feel totally out of touch. Right. Which was cool. Did, yeah. you en- did you enjoy like coming back and just being part of like a smaller scene? Yeah, for sure. Like Winnipeg felt has in every way felt more attainable than a, or more livable than a place yeah. like Toronto. Toronto's so like massive and there's cool parts about that, but every part of Toronto just like, I'm from a small town, so yeah, small city is as big as I wanted to go. Yeah. 
And that's the the nice thing about uh like having the edge in Winnipeg. It's basically the only place to skate in the winter. And so you kind of get to know the whole scene, right? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean that's true even like, like like I was saying like when there's a dude who shows up in like when I was a kid in Winkler who we didn't know it was like, "Whoa, that guy can skate." It's almost the same in Winnipeg. Like mm-hmm. if I don't recognize someone's face, I'm like, "Are you from Winnipeg?" Yeah. And Sometimes they are, and I'm like, "Whoa! How did how have we not met?" Yeah. Um, but obviously, not everyone comes skating at the edge, and some people skate in the summer. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just happened this last week. Some guy came through, and I'm like, "Are you from Winnipeg?" And he was like, "Yeah, but I've been living in Montreal." And I was like, "Oh, cool. Well, welcome here." Yeah. But like, I'm always surprised when I don't <laughs> recognize somebody just because there aren't that many places to go skate indoors. Right. No. There's is, a few. Is, is there any other ones besides the edge? You can the skate edge? the Y. You can scooter there too. Oh, um, I've been to the Y a few yeah. times. Yeah, and uh, the guy there who runs it, John, is so good. So, yeah, just go there to hang out, with John. Mm. John McGee. Now you have a family. You have uh, the kids. How has that uh, changed the way you operate? Because, like, like we were talking about, like doing the trips and and even like I know with my local guys, it's always you know doing the night missions or whatever else and. And, uh, things change when you have, when you start a family, uh, like how, it, how does that change the way you do things or has it? Uh, I think it has, I mean, I feel like the opportunities haven't been as, as, as frequent and maybe I just don't let them be as, as frequent, but I, I've been able to do some pretty cool stuff, even though, even since having kids, like we've been, I've been able to go to Barcelona to a skate summit wow. conference. That's sick. And we skated mm-hmm. a ton and I've done, I would do road rages, but like my wife uh, totally gets that like stuff like road rage is like the highlight of, the, right. of it's like the pinnacle of the year. We like, mm-hmm. we love it. And then, and, and so, you know, with lots of understanding that really helps. But like, I, I always like try to make those trips as, as like, <laughs> plan them as early as possible Mm -hmm. and like there's just certain times that i know that just are not going to work like yeah so just having i think it's it's required me to just have a bit more understanding of the effect that it has on other people like for me to be for me to up and leave for two weeks to go to like spain is really fun for me yeah but there's a it's really hard on somebody's picking up the slack yeah (laughs) yeah so (laughs) so then yeah i uh i think i just have had to understand that and i don't feel like it slowed me down at all necessarily but yeah i just i when i worked at skate life too like i felt like i traveled so much so so often like we did a cool trip to china and Mm. and we did trips out to um, cape breton where where there's a youth for christ out there Mm -hmm. and we've always like i just found like i was on a plane every three months yeah but from working at the edge i i've actually really enjoyed just really my attention into local like, right i'm really down with just supporting the local scene like mm-hmm. there's so much you can do in your own community and if you want to do like missional type of stuff like really you can just do stuff like in your own province for the most part that's right there, there's so yeah. much help you can do locally yeah. yeah do you find that like trips are more special now that you're not doing them so often yeah totally like i love i love taking trips like even just driving from winnipeg to portage felt fun yeah. Um, yeah. Especially with like everything going on now. Yeah, exactly. I went into Winnipeg the other day. It's just like, wow. <laughs> Great. Just getting on the open road. I just yeah. wish I had a van full of like skaters that we could like mm. check out spots. I was, as I was like leaving uh, to, to come here, I was like, oh, I forgot my board. I'm like, oh, am I going to need it? I'm like, you never know. Yeah. I better grab it just in yeah. case. What if a session starts up and I don't have my board? I'll feel like a real. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. I don't want to be that guy. But. Yeah, yeah, and I I want to say that that idea of really wanting to support the local scene, that's one of the things that I've always respected about you a lot is just your focus on the local mm-hmm. and making sure that they're taken care of and, and that they're healthy and more so than just, like, looking for what's next or what's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, just, yeah, I've I've always appreciated that focus that you have. Oh, thank, thank you. That's nice. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe I learned some of that from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
I mean, the edge and what it has been in its history just kind of like lends itself to that where I really love connecting with guys doing other things around the world, skate wise. And there's so many cool things happening in the skate scene that is really, be, would be really fun to, to connect with. And, and every chance I get, I do look into, but, um, yeah, you do got to make sure that like what you're doing in your local scene is, is taken care of else. Mm-hmm. Else I think you might be kind of missing the point. Well, for me at least. I just love caring about the the people that are around because those mm-hmm. are the, the, like the long-term relationships, right? Like hanging out with someone when they're 13 and then being able to like bring them a baby gift yeah. in their 20s, to me, it gives me great joy. Like I yeah. love that. That's so fun. Yeah. 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 It's like you have a pastor's heart. Oh, well, I have been told I'm more pastoral than entrepreneurial. <laughs> <laughs> so don't go uh, into business with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so coming, um, with the, having the faith that, uh, we're going to get out of COVID, what's some of the dreams that you have moving forward? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I dream about normalcy. Yeah. <laughs> about yeah. old times. <laughs> Giving my friend a hug. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I, like, yeah, I get excited about taking trips and, and, uh, even when Jordan called me today, it, we did talk about like, oh man, last year at this time we were planning our trip to Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Not last year, it was three years ago. Um, that was the Skate Community Summit. Yeah. It's like, oh, and this year it's going to be on Zoom. Yeah. It's going to be cool too to connect with people because actually it's going to be more inclusive. That's true. And yeah. so yeah. we're going to actually hear from a greater amount of uh, people in the skate scene and we and like we're able to do way more, but yeah. you don't get that personal touch. And yeah. that's what, that's what uh, COVID has robbed us of. Mm-hmm. just that personal touch getting together yeah that's what i'm really look, looking forward to mostly hanging awesome. out quick little detour are you uh like did you get to ride a lot of street in barcelona mm-hmm. oh my gosh yeah we did <laughs> that's unreal the spots there are just nuts it felt like we were in a playground like mm-hmm. like um and i was actually listening to the bunt podcast today and they're and they always like one of the questions they ask is you know, what's your favorite spot and, or what's your favorite skate moment? And then, um, the, the answer was like, Oh, like rolling up to this spot in San Francisco. And for me, like my answer to my favorite skate moment would totally be like actually rolling up to like MacBook for the first time yeah. and being like, Oh my goodness, this is a real place. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then like, and then just also seeing the spots that are right around there. Like, yeah, I'm like, right. oh, I didn't know if you go behind the museum, there's, that's where the three block is. And that's where, like, yeah. I did just you, didn't know. Did you hit any, like, spots like that? Um, that what did like? I skate? I don't think I filmed anything. Um, I, I did film this, like, frontside 50-50 wall ride. Like, the 50-50 goes into the wall. Mm. That was pretty fun. But mm. I was just having the best time. I felt like sure. I felt like I wish I was here ten years ago because <laughs> yeah. I really didn't want to get hurt. But I, yeah. but it was so fun and yeah. Barcelona is a pretty dreamy place. The weather yeah. was so good and there's the, the beaches right there. Mm. That's so sick. And yeah. I think you and Raleigh touched on this in the earlier podcast. But like, like people who don't skate or don't like do action sports would go there and they wouldn't even know like totally. how much these like three blocks mean to so oh, many people. Totally. <laughs> and it used to be four blocks. Really? Before it was three, it was four. Yeah. You go to like the wave thing? Yeah, we went to the wave, which is pretty cool. That's sick. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, skating in Barcelona was a real dream. I think like before Barcelona got really famous, the dream was always California when I was a teenager. And so I eventually got there. I took a bus there to go visit my buddy Johnny. And and we we had just skated around that whole time. Like neither of us had a camera because we didn't Mm -hmm. have cell phones. So we just zipped around. And like went to Hollywood High, and he tried to yeah. skate the twelve, and and it was, and he, you know, tr- probably tried thirty times, but didn't land it. I like didn't try the it. The rail or just jump twelve it? rail, yeah, which is right across from the sixteen rail. I right, remember yeah. being there. Yeah. Now every time I see that in a video, I'm like, oh man, that spot is crazy. It is, yeah. I've been there a number yeah. of times. I, it's always fun when you, uh, like, I've taken guys there for spring break quite a few times. Like uh, we did what thirteen times we went there. Cool. And so I take guys and it's always fun the, for guys to go there for the first time in there. And you're like, okay, we're going to go to Hollywood high. So what's the plan? And and they have all these dreams, what they're going to do. And then they get there and they're like, 
Oh my goodness! It and looks it like, looks doable in videos. Yeah, and then <laughs> when they're there, it's like it's not happening. No. <laughs> it's a big rail, yeah. Especially if you're not used to skating stuff like that. Yeah, it's not where you start. No, so no. Your, your, your buddy tried to hit the rail, or did he try to ollie the side? He was trying to backboard the rail. Okay, and maybe frontboard, but he, yeah, he could have done it. He like yeah, he just got wrecked. You just can't. Mm-hmm. You you can only do. You can only try so many times. And for sure, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. could you could hardly walk home. Yeah, <laughs> great, good memories. What about China? Oh man, China was amazing too. Like, the, I one of my memories of China is we were like, we were you know street skating and kind of wrecking this like beautiful marble spot, yeah. and these security guards come out and we're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like we're like scuffing up this marble yeah. ledge <laughs> and in front of this business, and then he, I mean, there was one guy there who could speak um, Mandarin and. These security guards come on and start yelling at the guys on the grass. And we're just like, what? Why is he yelling at us? Like, why is, like, yeah. they're like, why is he? And then it turns out the, the guy who can speak Chinese was like, dude, he's telling you to get off the grass. And then we got <laughs> off the grass and then we just kept skating. <laughs> so, That's awesome. Like, we, I mean, they just thought we were like, people just thought we were funny. Like, yeah. what are you doing here? Skateboarding. And yeah. uh, for the most part, people just got a kick out of us. So it was like so fun. <laughs> People as long see as us, you didn't go on the grass. As long as you stay off the <laughs> Don't grass. Don't dare touch the grass. If you go to China, <laughs> stay off the grass, skate the ledges. Yeah. They all are, like, mar- mar- just amazing. And, they're, mm. yeah, we would go to this, uh, spent a lot of time at this place called the Fortune Center in the city called Kunming. And we there was these natural quarter pipes. Well, they, like, they were, like, it was architecture, but yeah. it was just so perfect. Jeff has a pretty cool picture on his Instagram about it. And it's just this amazing street spot that... Mm. Just I've never seen before. Yeah, I, I gotta say, China is one of the funnest trips I've ever had. Is it like? Is there as many spots as Barcelona? Would you say, or is it like, just like um, cooler spots? Yeah, they're very different. Um, like, I think China probably has more because it's just so massive. You can go to every different cities. Some cities yeah. are just just loaded, but they're both. I think those are both kind of like meccas of of skateboarding. Mm-hmm. All right, Steve, let's do a China trip. Yeah. I'm convinced. <laughs> I'd be a little more weary of China. I think that trip these days, China's getting a little more concerning these yes. days to go to. Yeah. Is, yeah. But uh, Barcelona is not. No. So. No, I can't remember why I missed out on that Barcelona trip. There was a reason why I couldn't go. I was supposed to, and That's something happened. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been fun to be there with you. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming out it's uh yeah getting guys out from the city to to come be on the pod is special for us so we appreciate you coming out so good i was happy to be here what a treat awesome yep you guys are doing great stuff over here keep rolling (laughs) thanks thank you